Hi, this is Allison from Boston, and I would rather marry Pat Robertson than listen to I Doubt It with Dollamore. The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It with Dollamore. All right, everybody, thank you for joining us. This 242nd episode of I Doubt It with Dollamore. I am the host who just won't quit. Jesse Dollamore, sitting across from the co-host who frequently talks about quitting. <laughs> Brittany Page, everybody. I, I frequently talk about quitting. You never listen to me. It, it, this is one of those relationships where... You ever have one of those friends where Here we go. when you when you're talking to them, you just see a a fucking glazed over look in their eye, <laughs> and you know they're just waiting for their turn to talk. They're not listening to a to a, a syllable that's coming out. When you look at me, you you don't hear one single sound, any word that's falling out of my ugly face. You're just waiting for your moment to run your mouth. Okay, so... <laughs> that was aggressive. <laughs> what did you say that I didn't accurately... I said, I'm your host who just won't quit or something like that. And then I flipped it around on you saying that you're the co-host who often contemplates quitting. Oh, okay. so I kind of got it right. I, I may have gotten it you right. Just, I don't remember. You used context clues. Okay, listen. <laughs> You've been yelling at me so long now that I don't even remember what I I said. Right. Okay, let's just get on with it. I had a really frustrating day. It was one frustration after another, okay? Yeah, well, let's talk about that. This morning, the lovely and talented, non-listening Brittany Page and I, we did something we haven't done in many years. And it was not as enjoyable... As it used to be. <laughs> I'm, I'm just letting the anticipation build. I know. I would Brittany love Page. to hear from listeners about like the, the first thing that popped into their head. <laughs> just write us and we, tell us. What is it? We went to Chick-fil-A. Yeah. For breakfast. We had boycotted Chick-fil-A. I, I don't like using the term boycott. Because you know, it's neither such, do I, because they fucking, have really good banana cream pie well, milkshakes. Ineffect- no, no, no. I don't even like using the word because it's ineffectual. Well, they don't care if two people don't give them their money. So it's just like, uh, I boycotted. We just, we didn't go there. <laughs> right? Because they were. Well, they're gay haters. Yes. But they no longer give money to organizations that. Yeah, the founder, he died. He's dead now. Well, they just, I don't know if that's why they don't give money, but they don't do it anymore. Right. Maybe because gay marriage is the law of the land, so there's no point in (laughs) doing it anymore. Whatever. So, so Brittany and I decided we were down in that area. Area of the old Chick-fil-A. In in, in Costa Mesa, California. Uh Uh-huh. And I said, you know, let's, uh, let's give it a shot. Yeah. Feeling like a little fried chicken breakfast sandwich. Always sounds good. Little chicken te- and biscuits. Little little Texas Pete's on it. Mm-hmm. We went in. They're always ridiculously friendly. Meh. So friendly that I always think they're up to something. Like, oh, 
What's this guy up to? Why is he so goddamn friendly? We order. We sit down. Of course, it's Chick-fil-A, and they're service-oriented. They bring you the food. And I thought they'd gotten the orders mixed up. Like, they, like some baby had ordered some food. Because these were like mini, mini chicken and biscuit sandwiches. Yeah, you could have like put it on your thumb and did like a coin flip and just landed it in your mouth. <laughs> it's like a little Scooby snack, you know? That was really good. Like a coin flip, like a 50 cent piece. Yeah. Like your Doc Holiday. I'm your Huckleberry and he's flipping his coin. Does he flip a coin? I have no idea. Yeah, I don't know either. Anyway, it was just, it was very... Oh, just let down. It was very much like that. A tiny, tiny little morsel of delicious food. Yeah. Well, but, whatever. And also like 15 bucks for the two of us. Yeah. Now I know that I only go to Chick-fil-A for the banana cream pie milkshake. Delicious. If you haven't had one, you're really missing out. <laughs> this half of the intro brought to you by Chick-fil-A. <laughs> we no longer hate the gays. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> Well, and then I went to school and we had a fire drill. Yes, a fire drill. <laughs> it's okay. an elementary school. Yeah. As if it isn't an inconvenience enough already. We Just to be at school. No, to have a fire drill. Oh, oh. The announcer came on. The announcer? Yeah, whatever. And Come on down! You're the next <laughs> contestant on Fire Drill. Yeah, and it it beeps, right? And so it automatically gets your attention. And they say something like, Attention, this is the California State University Fullerton Police Department. Oh my God, that's not, that's not good for you. And my heart just sinks, and I'm ready to jump up at the door and barricade us all in the room because I'm thinking <laughs> active shooter, right. we're all going to die. You think Dylan Roof's on the loose. Something bad is happening, what's going on? Yeah. And I've lived through an ordeal like that on the Fullerton campus already, so gunmen on campus shelter in place for hours at a time. Yes. Yeah. So I've had it happen before. I was scared it was happening again. And like five minutes into this announcement, they finally say Let's, we're getting ready to have a fire drill. How long in? It wasn't five minutes. So your heart is beating like crazy <laughs> and you're ready to pee your pants. Tears are flowing. And then five minutes later, they let you down. It's, <laughs> it's probably like 20 seconds. <laughs> But it felt like an eternity, right? Of course, when, when you're getting ready to fight for your life. Yeah, you're. I mean, I don't know if you have PTSD, but you're certainly riddled with certain anxieties relative to that type of stuff. That, that's on your mind a lot. This is a big deal for you. They should just come on the intercom and say, "This is the test from the California State University Fullerton Police Department." Right off the bat, right. Say it's this a is test. a test, right? Yeah. But I also, I don't, I don't have concerns about this all the time. You're making me sound like no. I'm just saying a paranoid person. I'm, no, I'm saying it's a. We this is our job. We cover the news. We talk about shootings, and so it is more. It's like there are times where I have to check myself about the threat of terrorism because we talk about these incidents all the time on the air. And then I, in my head, I have to use my brain to not be worried about going to the mall. Because normal people don't talk about it 
with the frequency that we do. Well, I describe it as hypervigilance. I have hypervigilance. Yes. And when I was a teenager, I was diagnosed with PTSD. And I think that I have hypervigilance a little bit. That's like a carryover symptom from PTSD as a teenager. Sure. Yeah. So uh, I have a little bit of that going on, but it's only when fight or flight kicks in. Right. And I was obviously on high alert when an alert comes over the intercom and they're saying it's the police. And then uh, my first thought isn't, oh, it's okay. It's just a fire drill. Right. My first thought is, oh, shit, something's going down. (laughs) Everybody get into the corner of the glass room. Let's block the doors. You just start screaming orders and (laughs) cordoning off the class. It's good. I was able to hold out for 20 seconds to see what was really going on. And then you gathered out in the parking lot like a bunch of fifth graders waiting for the file drill to be over. I know. It was <laughs> unbelievable. All right. Before we move on, we have some listener feedback. But before we get there, I want to say this. Uh, I've heard we've had some complaints about the the website and people streaming the show and this or that. And I just want a general information. How about this? Beep. This is a message from the Cal State University Fullerton Police Department. If you would like to listen to the show but not on the website, why don't you go to iTunes or download a podcatcher and subscribe officially to the show? I doubt it with Dollamore, so it'll just go right into your podcatcher. You don't have to worry about going to the GD website and and messing around with all that. Isn't that easier, Brittany Page? It sounds a lot easier. Way easier. Go subscribe to the show. I think there's even a button on the website to subscribe to the show. So go do that. That would be helpful for you. And I'm not going to lie. It's going to be helpful for us, too, because it boosts our subscriber numbers. And while you're there at iTunes or wherever, rate and review the show. All right. We're done with that. Let's get on to some listener feedback. First, well, first, both communications or communiques are related to this Colin Kaepernick thing. The first is an email. Hey, guys, in response to Colin Kaepernick's recent protest, I've heard several people, including Donald Trump and Tommy Lahren, say a variation on America, love it or leave it. Do these people really think that there's nothing about our country that's worth changing? That wanting to improve our country is somehow unpatriotic? Why does the phrase apply when the topic is systematic discrimination, but not on the legality of abortion or Obamacare? When I hear this phrase, I suspect the person hasn't thought very carefully about the implications. (laughs) Anyway, great show, guys. Marcus. P.S. Brittany is the best part. P.P.S. Anyone who says Jesse is the best part is a sexist bigot jerk face, (laughs) says Marcus. Wow, Marcus. Bold. How dare you, sir? Well, I agree, and I laugh because (laughs) I think it's funny. What's going on? This narrative that's being dragged out by these idiots who are opposed to Colin Kaepernick utilizing his First Amendment right under the Constitution. And, you know, I, would I do that? No. I stand for the pledge. I'm proud. I'm, I'm happy to stand up. I'm Or the, the national anthem. Why do we keep saying the goddamn pledge? Easy to do. I, last episode, I did it, too, like a hundred times. I said the Pledge of Allegiance when I know it's the national anthem in my head. Okay, well, people also don't stand for the pledge. 
yeah, like I even, and listen, I get bothered, and this isn't really answering his question. I'll get back to it. But I get bothered when I look around and there's like people without their, not taking their hats off. But inside that like, ah, it kind of does get to me. Mm-hmm. But what am I going to go other than, hey, man, take off your hat, dude. Come on. Who am I? What is it? My thing. Well, I just love how all the people who are angry saying that he needs to love America or leave it are the same people who love Donald Trump, whose campaign slogan is make America great again, which means it's not great. Right. Okay. And we heard we all heard his speech. We don't win anymore. We don't win at trade. We don't win. And things are terrible. He's constantly dragging that out. Yeah. I mean, did you listen to his speech at the convention? Right. it was like hellfire right. was raining down on America. It's the worst place on earth. <laughs> right. So I don't know. What what are they confused about here? There's I saw an awesome political cartoon of Donald Trump saying, um, America's not great. And, the, and there's a crowd and they all go, yay. And then there's a, a, the same cartoon below of Colin Kaepernick saying, America's not great. And the same crowd saying, boo. And... It's so, I wish I was a cartoonist for one, because that's awesome, and I would be smart if I was that good, but I am not, Brittany Page. I am not. You're good. You're (laughs) You're, real good. You're good. (laughs) Don't worry. You're good. (laughs) Brittany Page, everybody. How dare you? Oh, wow. You's real smart. Try to pay a guy a compliment. That was a terrible whistle. I'm so glad you failed at that. Watching you fail at that was amazing. (laughs) Thank you for that gift. And thank you, Marcus, for the gift of your wonderful email. We appreciate it very much. And on. I don't know if I answered all the questions, but that's that's about all I got today because I'm, you know, not very good. Bernie Page. Well, you didn't have a full nutritious breakfast. I did not. I had a a, little Scooby snack, a Scooby snack of Chick-fil-A. Well, we have a listener voicemail. Regarding the same topic, although he takes a different take on it, he's still, he's still, I guess, anti Donald Trump and Republicans. But this is a this is a a gentleman, we'll say, who's called several times over the course of the last two and a half, almost three years of the show's history. And I gotta say, Kevin, this is your best effort. Hey, Brittany and Jesse, this is Kevin from San Antonio, Texas, once more. And I want to touch upon the uh, Colin Kaepernick situation where he sat down and protest during the the national anthem. Um, I think what I find the most egregious thing about it from the conservative response is the fact that they seem so outraged. They found it so disrespectful, but yet they were either hum or, you know, mostly nonchalant about when Trump went after the cons, or when he uh, almost didn't give the money to the veterans, when he went after McCain, you know, not to mention, you know, this was before he was a politician, but not to mention during the early 90s where he didn't want veterans on Fifth Avenue. Um, I think, you know, there's a lot of things you can list about Trump supporters that are hypocritical, you know. They want jobs back. He has jobs in Mexico. <laughs> you know, I, I can't think of anything else right now, but the list goes on. But I just found that to be the most egregious thing because 
I feel like, you know, especially during the Bush days, it seems like conservatives feel like they have a, a sort of monopoly on patriotism. And it's kind of funny how they're more upset about where Ka- when Kaepernick sat down than, what, you know, than taking in what he had to say. I mean, isn't it more offensive to soldiers to to um to not give the rights that they fought for to um minorities and even white people that are killed by cops instead of being mad about someone who said it out loud? So I just found that to be, I mean, the height of hypocrisy, getting after Kaepernick for being hush hush mom or whatever about Trump. Um, yeah, so, anyways, hope you guys are doing good, you guys are doing a great job, Brittany is the best part, bye. Love the show, Brittany is the best part, bye. I have to say, I agree with everything he said. In fact, there were some very salient points in there, chief of which, and by the way, you weren't, you could, it wasn't, don't feel bad that you ran out of things, out of examples, because you named a lot. Him attacking the Gold Star family. Oh, she can't, maybe she can't speak. Many people are saying she couldn't speak. That's a problem. Don't attack them. Their son died a goddamn hero. You five-time draft-dodging coward, Donald Trump. And then about the McCain thing. I like my people who aren't captured. Let me tell you. I hate to tell you. Republicans brush it off. No big deal. That you're denigrating prisoners of war who were captured and tortured for almost six years. Republicans, oh, they turned a blind eye to it. About all the vet money that didn't get allocated until the Washington Post started asking questions. Like, hey, uh, you said you raised $6 million. Where's that money? Oh, we're going to cut a check right now. Months later. Or the jobs outside of the United States that he's constantly talking about, yet manufacturing millions of dollars in merchandise outside of the United States. Where are they there? But some goofy-ass football player doesn't stand up for the Pledge of Allegiance in a legitimate form of protest about a legitimate problem in America... And it's Bedlam. And they're calling for his job. And they're burning the jerseys that they've paid a hundred, if not hundreds of dollars for. You know, did they do that when football players beat their wives? No. Or rape. Or go on drug convictions. Do they burn the jerseys and call for them to be fired then? I don't remember a single Adrian Peterson jersey being burnt when he was whipping the scrotum of his four-year-old son. At all. I don't remember that. It's 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 hypocrisy at its absolute finest, just like Kevin said. And also, the conservatives don't have a monopoly on patriotism. And they've turned this entire thing into some kind of patriotism pornography. It's like, who could be the most patriotic? Oh, oh, oh my God, look at me. Oh, Jesus. Oh, I'm so, oh, you think you're patriotic? Look at this. Uh. Get bent. It's fake. It's terrible. And you're not fooling anybody. 
as evidenced by the Veterans for Kaepernick hashtag that went insane today. Get bent, huh? I didn't want to say fuck off. It's it's too much F words. Okay. I'm trying to dial it back, but then you forced it out of me. Whoa. You see? You're a bad influence on me, Brittany Page. I just, I've never heard you say get bent, so I was a little confused. Yeah. Well, breaking out some new stuff, you know? Yes. Well, related to all of this, you may or may not have seen my latest video on YouTube. I don't do a lot of YouTube talk on the show, on the podcast. I do a lot of YouTube talk. On the YouTube show. (laughs) But not here. But this warrants it. Kevin brought it up. And it's worth talking about. This Tommy Laren. I I hesitate to say lady. But this Tommy Laren individual. There's one segment of her talk. That I believe is more hateful than any other. And I want to play a clip of it. And talk about it. For those of you who don't know. Tommy Laren went on a three-minute and 28-second rant about Colin Kaepernick not standing for the Pledge of... God damn it! Not standing for the National Anthem, the Star-Spangled Banner. There you go. And she had a lot to say in her words, shredding him and calling him Bud several times, which, for the record, for the audience to know, is one of my biggest pet peeves, is being called Chief or Bud or big guy. I, I just hate those. Oh, get ready, trolls. <laughs> oh, yeah. What am I doing? I'm arming their their chambers. Well, here's Tommy Laren being decidedly hateful as shit. And Colin, how dare you sit there and blame white people for the problems of minority communities? After all, aren't you half white? Didn't two white parents adopt you after yours weren't willing to raise you? For a racist and horrible country filled with racist and horrible white people, that's really something, isn't it? Maybe you should also decline the paycheck from the white owner of your team or the white fans that buy your merchandise and fill the stands to watch you play. Well, first, Tommy Laren, an audience, Colin Kaepernick didn't talk about white people. He talked about cops killing young black men and women, oftentimes unarmed. He's got a legitimate point. Whether or not you believe his demonstration, his not standing for the national anthem, is effective or useful or proper is another story. He didn't talk about white people. It wasn't his, that wasn't the, 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 the crux of his beef or his argument. But you attack him being adopted and the two lovely people who, who adopted him and raised them as their own. That's just patently offensive and hateful, divisive. The other thing, it's, it's, I get the, the idea that she's almost instructing Colin Kaepernick to go around and thank all the white people who've been so good to him in their life. Would she also tell rape victims to go around and hey, quit talking about rape and the victimization that you withstood. You should go around and thank all the men in your life who haven't raped you. That's good. What's the difference? Go thank the white owner who writes your checks, Colin Kaepernick. And how about all the white fans who buy your merchandise? Not to mention the hundreds of thousands of people of color who are fans of his terrible football team, the San Francisco 49ers. 
<laughs> Sorry. I'm a football fan. I got to get my dig in there. What's the difference between that and having some lady go on an, an apology tour thanking all the men for not raping her? Oh, hey. Hey, guy on the street. I just want to say thank you for not raping me. You don't have to say thanks for people being decent. And also, the coach cutting him a check for being a football player, that's not fucking charity. He's paid to do a job. Whether or not he does it up to the standard you believe he should, because I don't think he's the greatest quarterback, that's not part of the discussion here. It is unbelievable to me that she is being given just heaps of praise for the derisive, vile, hateful rhetoric that she spews. So thank you for the call, Kevin. Thank you for the email, Marcus. We appreciate it very much. If you, too, would like to sound off, send an email to the show. Call in. Leave a, a fewer than three-minute voicemail at 657-464-7609. Of course, you can email a voice memo from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. We appreciate it very much, and we would love to hear from you about this or any other topic. You guys are awesome. All right, let's move on to a little follow-up, Brittany Page. We talked last time, episode 241, about the Republican mayor, I'm sorry, the Republican governor of Maine. You know, Maine's so small, it's almost like a, a township. <laughs> Sorry, all the Mainers out there who listen to the show. Just teasing. Paul LePage. No relation to the lovely and talented Brittany Page. Zero. He went on a racist, ignorant rant the other day, and it was caught on camera. I believe it was an interview, so it was caught on camera because they were in intentionally filming it. And then he was it was insinuated, it got passed to him that some some legislator state legislator had called him a racist although that legislator denies it and he left a ridiculous voicemail telling him he needed to record it and make it public he called him a cocksucker several times um a, a, a socialist son of a bitch just he's acting unbecoming of the office of governor of the state of maine well all that to say Looks like he's considering resigning. Interesting development coming out of Maine this morning. The state's Republican governor, Paul LePage, uh, saying that he may not finish out his term as governor and apologizing in a local radio interview for leaving a voicemail filled with lots of curse words. Uh, let's take a listen to a little of what he said. I just apologize to the Maine people, to Gatine's family. Uh, and most of all to my family, and uh, we will take action. Now, the apology was given to a local state representative who was very critical of some recent comments that LePage made about African-Americans in the state of Maine. He said recently that 90 plus percent of drug dealers arrested in Maine are black and Hispanic people. Now, LePage saying in this radio interview uh, that when I was called a racist, I just lost it and there's no excuse. Now, of course, this is interesting in the 2016 election as well. LePage is a Trump supporter. And he has, in fact, campaigned with Donald Trump in his state as Trump has uh, campaigned for the one electoral vote in that state. So we'll see if the Trump campaign uh, releases an official statement and reaction. 
We'll see. We'll continue to follow this. It's not really of a lot of consequence because it's one electoral vote. Should be more than that, though. It should be three electoral votes. I don't know what she's talking about because Maine has two senators and one congressman. Therefore, three electoral votes. But it's not a great deal. It's not, you know, consequential to the campaign, although he's going to need every single vote he can get if he's going to beat Hillary Clinton. Next up, we've talked at length about the the atrocity of the light, almost non-existent sentence of convicted rapist Brock Turner, the young man, the Stanford swimmer, who raped an unconscious woman behind a dumpster at a party. He got six months in prison for this. Well, apparently, eh, they're going to let him out. He is scheduled to be released from jail on Friday, September 2nd. He was sentenced to six months in jail, like you said, in June. His September release means that he will leave the Santa Clara County Jail three months early for good behavior. So he wasn't even in prison. He was in a county jail. Santa Clara County. It's not like being in L.A. County where it might be dangerous. That's Santa Clara County. He's a rich kid. This is... Why are more people not absolutely outraged by this? Why are conservatives not outraged by this? These people who are oh, tough on crime. We're tough on crime. Well, apparently, they're not tough on crime unless it's a black kid who's dealing pot. Then, oh, that we got to throw the book at him. But if it's a white rich kid who raped an unconscious woman and was un- almost unapologetic about it. Eh, no big deal. You don't want to ruin the kid's life. Three months in jail seems adequate. It's disgusting. Support for I Doubt It with Dolomore comes from generous, engaged, intelligent, and good-looking listeners like yourself by way of Patreon. You can contribute per episode as much or as little as you'd like. Comforted by the knowledge that you're within your budget and helping move the conversation forward one podcast at a time. If you too would like to become a supporter, please visit patreon.com slash I doubt it with Dolomore. You can also contribute on PayPal at dolomore.com slash PayPal. We should probably update that, right? Update it? <laughs> yeah, have uh, have the lovely voiceover British lady oh, yes. reread it and throw in PayPal in there. Well, no, because we like to switch it up so that people actually listen to it, because I know what you guys do. (laughs) Skippity skip. I know you do that (laughs) as soon as you hear her, which is really quite rude. I I think she's probably, her feelings are hurt. Yeah. You should give her your time and attention. Undivided. She took the time to record that. You should take the time to listen. For free, everybody. Yeah. No, that's not true. (laughs) That's, yeah. She was paid handsomely for that. True. Dollamocracy 2016, facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. Well, this is the time that we would normally talk about Donald Trump or even Hillary Clinton, maybe a little little news and update about Gary Johnson and his up-and-coming campaign. 
But instead, we're going to talk about Anthony Weiner. I don't know if you know who Anthony Weiner was and subsequently is, but he was a congressman from the state of New York. He was caught up in a scandal of sexting several women, one of which her name, I believe, is uh, Sydney Leathers. Is that right? Yes. Sydney Leathers, who is tan like Donald Trump. And he ended up having to resign from the Congress because of this. He then went on to run for mayor of New York <laughs> and had to drop out of the race because, again, he got caught sexting with women who were not his wife. And through all of that, Huma Abedin. Yeah, I didn't even mention that. His who wife. is his wife and also Hillary Clinton's longtime closest aid like right hand woman right yeah um stayed with him you know he, he gave the press conference and he apologized and she stood by him well he has done it again right a third public sexting scandal but before we get to to what what's happening now i want to talk about kind of the path to here here is Anthony Weiner talking to an ABC reporter denying the original charges. This is before he came clean at all and was just lying, a la Bill Clinton. But today, with a growing media circus outside his office, Congressman Weiner, a little calmer, decided to talk some more. This whole thing would just go away if you just answer a couple really basic questions, right? Did you send the tweet? Is that a photograph of you? And why not call for an investigation? The answer is I did not send that tweet. It, my system was hacked. I was pranked. It was a fairly common one. People make fun of my name all the time. When you name Wiener, it, it, you kind of get that. I've asked a firm to take a look at this. They're hiring an Internet security operation. We want to make sure that it doesn't happen again. Tell me definitively, is that a photograph of you? We're trying to find out the, where that photograph came from and whether it was manipulated, whether part of it might be from something that, that was in my account. This is kind of strange. You can't tell me definitively that is a photo of you or it is not a photo of you? Look, here's what I, I mean, am I'm reluctant to say to you definitively anything about this. I, 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 I got to say, it sounds strange. I mean, if somebody had a picture of me, my underwear, I think I would know it was a photograph well, what if it was me? a picture of you that was manipulated, that wasn't a picture of you or was taken from your account or put into your account? What if it was a picture yeah, but of yours? Just, but let me, let me ask you, but I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm telling you, here's, 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 here's all that I can do, is that I've, I said, let's try to figure out who, how, what this, how this prank went down, how we make sure it doesn't happen again. So <laughs> I want to point out that the entire time he's doing this interview, he knows that that's a picture of his dick. Also, the entire time he's doing this interview and we're playing the clip, I'm watching you and you are about as disgusted as I ever see you. Well, and you're it's just, shaking your head in abject disgust. It's just the most frustrating thing to listen to someone just lying. Right. He knows that that is a picture of his, his dick. He knows that it is. He knows it's a picture of his dick. The reporter knows it's a picture of his dick. The American people know it's a picture of his dick. 
And, and he, he continues, continues to lie. Yeah, yeah. And that is just the most frustrating thing. And you know what? He's still doing that. Before right. they broke this latest story, they called him. They gave him an opportunity to give a statement. They said, listen, we have this woman here. She's given us texts. We're going to go with this story. What do you have to say? And he says, oh, yeah, she's a good friend. She's only ever been a friend. And all of our conversations were appropriate. Okay, Anthony Weiner, you know what is coming because it's happened before. They're setting you up because they already know everything. They're giving you all the rope that you need to hang yourself. Well, here is directly after this interview when the truth came out, when what everybody already knew was solidly verified. Here is Anthony Weiner apologizing very contrite. You just heard how arrogant and cocksure, no pun intended, that he was. Well, here he is right after that, apologizing. Well, I'm here primarily to express my apologies to my wife and family, but anyone who was misled, all of you who were misled, the people who I lied to, I have an apology for all of them. But not specifically for him? Not an apology? I Look, if, if I believe that I'll, I believe that everyone deserves an apology here, and I certainly am. I'm, I'm, I'm certain. I'll be. Here's what. Where's your wife right now? I apologize to Andrew Breitbart. I apologize to the many other members of the media that I misled. I apologize first and foremost to my, to my wife and to my family. She is not here. I don't have, that's no, I, I have a, I have a loving wife, I don't, it's not anything like that, I, I treat it, I treated it as a frivolous thing, not, not, not acknowledging that it was causing harm to so many people and would eventually come out. Yes, sir. I spoke briefly to Leader, Leader Pelosi before I came over here. She said, she said to, to, be, to be truthful, and she said to, to, to say what you know, and, and, and was thankful that I was doing that today. My, she was not happy, um, told me as much. She, um, my primary apologies, I've said several times, is to my wife, Huma, um, but she, she made it very clear that she thought what I did was very dumb, and she was not happy about it. But she also, and she's very disappointed, and she also told me that, 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 she, that she loved me and, and, and wanted us to, 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 you know, to pull through this. So, again. Right. All, went through all of that and then did it again. So, obviously, you know, Anthony Weiner has something going on. Well, this is, this is the first apology when he quit Congress. Then he went on to run for mayor and the same type of thing came up and he had to quit the race for mayor because of it. And she's still stuck by her man. Well, here we are. And whom is not standing by her man anymore? Anthony Weiner caught in yet another sexting scandal. The disgraced former congressman, husband to longtime and powerful Hillary Clinton advisor, Huma Abedin, humiliated once again, this time on the front page of the New York Post. And this time, it's not just a lurid photo of Weiner on the front page. 
The selfie he sent to a woman, not his wife, shows him in his underwear, this time with his child beside him. The Post reporting the picture was sent by 40-something divorcee out west in the midst of a sexual conversation with the caption, Someone just climbed into my bed. According to the Post, Wiener and the woman exchanged messages going back to January of last year. The disturbing image seized upon by Donald Trump, who used it to continue questioning Hillary Clinton's judgment, saying, I only worry for the country in that Hillary Clinton was careless and negligent in allowing Wiener to have such close proximity to highly classified information. Who knows what he learned and who he told? It's just another example of Hillary Clinton's bad judgment. It is possible that our country and its security have been greatly compromised by this. For some, the story about the husband of the current vice chair of Hillary Clinton's presidential campaign and previously her chief of staff at the State Department is a potential question of national security. For others, just a cheap tabloid story. But for Huma Abedin, it was apparently the last straw. In a statement, Abedin said, I have made the decision to separate from my husband. Anthony and I remain devoted to doing what is best for our son, who is the light of our life. She also asked for privacy. In 2013, during a comeback effort as he ran for mayor, Wiener was caught for a second time sexting with women under the alias Carlos Danger. Abedin defended him before the cameras. So really what I want to say is I love him. I have forgiven him. I believe in him. And as we have said from the beginning, we are moving forward. But today, separated, their marriage dissolving even before the public announcement, a close friend telling CNN that the couple has been separated for months and recently she hadn't even been wearing her wedding ring. Thanks, guys. Anthony Weiner resigned from Congress in 2011 after accidentally tweeting to the entire world a sexually explicit photo intended to be a direct message to a 21-year-old woman. After days of denials and mounting pressure to resign, he finally fessed up. To be clear, the picture was of me, and I sent it. This morning, after another humiliating round of sexting went public, Wiener finally deleted his Twitter account. I don't know if they mentioned this in that clip, because it was pretty long, <laughs> and we already addressed that I have difficulty listening. Um, but I was just teasing. But in this latest sexting issue... He sexted a picture of his penis. His dick area. It was under underwear. Right. Well, it's, it's always the been, outline it, of his dick, though. It's always been in underwear. Right. And his son is laying in the bed next to him, inches away from his dick. And he sent this picture. So he goes, "Oh, look who just crawled in bed with me!" And it's his son's face, like on his hip stomach area, right by his dick, which is. Apparently on the chubby side. Very disturbing. Very disturbing. And here's what's more disturbing is that the the news agencies I've seen reporting this have at least pixelated the face. Of but, the child, yeah. But some agencies have reported the child's name. Which ones, Brittany? Fox News is one that I saw. Absolutely. The, the deplorable Fox News. And I... I don't think that that's okay. He is a child. Leave him out of it. He doesn't need to have his name reported in this article with his dad doing this. They don't even need to say the sex of the child. All they need to say is Wiener's 
offspring, his, his, his child. They don't need to say son. They don't need to say age. They certainly don't need to give his name. It's disgusting. Yeah, it's disturbing. The other thing is this gives Donald Trump some weird platform. I don't think it's, it's taking off or, or there's no, not a lot of wind under the sails of this talking point, but that Hillary's judgment is in question because she allowed this philanderer to, to have access to, to what, what, what is that? Donald Trump cheated on two of his ex-wives, his only two ex-wives he cheated on, and now he's with his third wife. He's had several dalliances. And we know that he doesn't have a wandering eye or a wandering heart. Right. So can he be trusted with national security secrets and intelligence and secret information? I, what, what makes him different than, than Anthony Weiner? There's probably all kinds of good photos on Donald Trump's cloud. <laughs> Just wait for that fappening, Lake. I don't know if 70-year-old dudes <laughs> are, are uh, taking naked pictures of their orange dicks. They're not prime hacking territory? <laughs> no? Yeah, I don't know. All right. Well, next up, Donald Trump. Donald Trump, as we know, has been talking about ad nauseum about the wall and about Mexicans being rapists, about Mexico not sending their best, that they're they're criminals and rapists and come on. Some are good people. But uh, some, I assume, are good people, quote unquote, Donald Trump. Well, he took a trip to Mexico today, sat down with Calderon, President Calderon of Mexico, and apparently wasn't as tough and strong a guy about the wall forcing them to pay for it, and we're going to have a deportation force and send all of them Mexicans back to you, Calderon. He didn't, he didn't do any of that. He was uh, kind of meek, kind of weak, kind of timid. When asked at a press conference with President Calderon after the meeting, he was asked specifically about whether or not he discussed with President Calderon the details of paying for the wall. We did discuss the wall. We didn't discuss payment of the wall. Uh, that'll be for a later date. This was a very preliminary meeting. I think it was an excellent meeting. And uh, we are, uh, I think we're very well on our way. A lot of the things I said are very strong, but we have to be strong. We have to say what's happening. Uh, there is crime, as you know. There's a lot of crime and there's a lot of problems. But I think together we'll solve those problems. I really believe that the president and I will solve those problems. We will get them solved. Illegal immigration is a problem for Mexico as well as for us. Uh, drugs are a tremendous problem for Mexico as well as us. I mean, it's not a one-way street. And we will work together and we will get those problems solved. A lot of solving. So who, who is this? It sounded a little like Donald Trump. Who was that now that I mean, was talking? The voice sounded like him. Where is like the, the pompous ass that we've seen talking on TV for the last several months? We're going to build that goddamn wall. All he's been doing is shitting on Mexico. Right. And oh, he in, is in bold tweets, about it. In, in speeches yeah. constantly about how it's a third world. It's corrupt. It's terrible. He's... It's been a, 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 a mantra 
Mexico will pay for the wall. Believe me, 100%. They don't know it yet, but they will pay for the wall. They're great people and great leaders, but they're going to pay for the wall. So why didn't his first meeting with Calderon, why didn't he just say that? It seems to be a very important aspect, a very important facet of his candidacy. Yeah, I don't know either. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You know what was weird about the speech as well is that he kept talking about the hemisphere. Yeah. In our hemisphere. In the hemisphere. That was odd to me. He's almost creating this connection between the United States and Mexico. We are connected. We need to make moves together. We need to come together. We're partners now, apparently, even though I vilified you for the last year. Yes, after these horrible things I've been saying about you. Yeah. And also, I mean, they they keep they love to say the Trump family. My dad's not a politician. Okay, this is the <laughs> most politician-esque you can be. Absolutely. Is you have the president of Mexico standing next to you, right? And so you're being all cordial. At a joint press conference. Right. You're being cordial and respectful and you're speaking slowly and calmly and like a normal person. And you're only doing that because the Mexican president is next to you. Right. That's it. That's the only reason why. You're in the big leagues now. And if you are behaving differently because of you're in a different context or different environment. You know what that's called, Brittany? Political correctness. It sure is. <laughs> It sure is. And and if people didn't... Wait, wait. But he doesn't have time to be politically correct. Well, if his supporters didn't lose at least a little bit of respect for him after this speech, then I'm confused because he's a completely different person giving this speech and not in a good way from his supporters' perspective because he seems to be backpedaling on a lot of things he's been saying, backpedaling on the language that he's been using. Somebody's doing the raping, Don. Right? I'm right. probably the least racist person on earth. First of all, I love the Mexican people. How can I not love people that give me tens of millions of dollars for apartments? You have to love them. <laughs> Goddamn. All right. Well, look, this didn't go unnoticed or unmentioned by Hillary Clinton. She she talked about it. You don't build a coalition by insulting our friends or acting like a loose cannon. You do it by putting in the slow, hard work of building relationships. Getting countries working together was my job every day as your Secretary of State. It's more than a photo op. It takes consistency and reliability. Actually, it's just like building personal relationships. People have to get to know that they can count on you, that you won't say one thing one day and something totally different the next. <laughs> and it certainly takes more than trying to make up for a year of insults and insinuations by dropping in on our neighbors for a few hours and then flying home again. That is not how it works. A little tone deaf on the part of Hillary Clinton in the face of all of her email woes and the FBI saying what's the one thing one day and then the next the next. Uh, come on, Hillary. Maybe her sp speechwriter shouldn't be so goddamn tone deaf.
Maybe. But she's right on many points there. She's pointing out what is obvious. Unless you're a Trump supporter. A rabid, frothing Trump supporter. But Hillary Clinton's problems aren't over. Although I don't think this is going to end up being a big deal. Otherwise, it wouldn't be released. But the FBI is prepared. And they're planning to. Maybe as early as while you're listening to this episode right now. They're going to release the investigation, including the notes that they took while they interviewed her. We have breaking news in the Hillary Clinton email investigation. The FBI now plans to publicly publicly release the report it sent to the Justice Department recommending no charges against Secretary Clinton. The agency will also release notes it took during their interview with the secretary. And this could happen as early as tomorrow. We expect this very soon. We have a chance to get reaction now. The first reaction from the Clinton campaign. Joining us, Hillary Clinton's Deputy Communications Director, Christina Shockey. Christina, thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. So, new information coming out tomorrow. Yes. The, the report that the FBI sent to the Justice Department and also notes from the interview. Your reaction? We are very pleased that this is being made public. Actually, Hillary called for this. When the Republicans in Congress made the unprecedented step of asking that the notes be released to them from the FBI, she said, if that's going to happen, let's make it transparent and open for the public. So this is something that we wanted to have happen and we're really glad it's going to. Is another day talking about the emails really a good day though for the Clinton campaign? You know, I think again, let's look at the big picture here. She called for this to happen. We understand if they were going to go to Republicans in Congress, we're very unhappy with FBI Director Comey's recommendation that there was no basis to move this case forward. There'd be selective leaks and they'd try to keep this in the news. And so she said if it was going to be released to Congress, let's make public and let's let people see what she had to say. You know, she said right here on CNN in an interview to Anderson Cooper that, you know, she has apologized for this. She absolutely understands she shouldn't have set up her email this way and she's tried to be as transparent as possible as she can. And that's one of the reasons she asked for these notes to be made public. That is a strategy right there by a man named Lanny Davis who was a chief Clinton aide. He was counsel to the Clintons during Bill Clinton's two administrations. He's now a lobbyist, lawyer. But that was his strategy. You got a scandal, you release the details, you take away the power from your opponent. And that's just what they're doing here. Comey, Director Comey, was going to release the details to Congress, the Republican Congress, and she insisted that they be made public, therefore taking away the power to create the narrative. So there might be some bad stuff in here, but it will be lessened because the media will treat it with kid gloves, if you will, because it won't be able to be whipped up into controversy as much by the Republicans. So we will follow this. We will see what happens and we will let you know. We're going to end it there, though. No taking care of biz today. Brittany's got a whole bunch of homework, and it is 12.39 a.m. You know, no one needs to know the details. <laughs> no one needs to know what's going on. Well, I'm going to let you go. So we're going to, we're going to end it there. We love you guys. We appreciate you tremendously. If you'd like to sound off about this or any other topic that's on your mind or something we've talked about in previous episodes, please... Call and leave a fewer than three-minute voicemail to 657-464-7609, or you can email 
a voice memo from your magical technological smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. Listen, if you are looking for a way to support the show other than listening twice a week or as often as you do, we would love for you to join the PayPal and Patreon family of supporters. We're starting to do monthly Google Hangouts with a bunch of people talking and having a good time, ask, answering questions, telling stories. It's a really good time. We also send out some stickers. We're looking at making mouse pads. There's all kinds of perks. If you'd like to get in on that, go to dollamore.com slash Patreon or dollamore.com slash PayPal or dollamore.com slash Amazon where you can make a purchase on Amazon and we get a little commission from it because if you're going to spend your money there anyway, why not help the show? You don't spend any more money. We just get a little commission. We love you guys. We appreciate you. Be genuine. Be good to one another. And until next time, for Brittany Page, I am Jesse Dollimore, and this has been I Doubt It. The only thing that Anthony Weiner and this uh, gentleman here uh, appear to have in common is uh, that they both lean hard to the extreme left. Boom! <laughs> <laughs>